when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. The concept of know, like, and trust has been around for a while, and it's commonly attributed to the author Bob Berg, Endless Referrals, and The Go-Giver. Bob is an internationally known sales guru, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing him and getting to know him personally. Bob is someone I would call one of the most authentic people you would ever meet. He walks the walk about which he talks. Another person attributed to the concept is sales trainer Michael Goldstein, who talked about buyers needing to experience confidence, affinity, and empathy before making a purchase. No matter who originated it or how you phrase it, it's undoubtedly a foundational process to making a sale. When I say process, it's a one foot in front of the other sequence. Yet, many businesses try to hop over the like part and go from no to trust. First, we need to define what no like and trust means to your business. In the next three podcasts, we'll dig deeper into what they are and how to achieve them and why they are and will forever be so intertwined. No like and trust are not like ready, aim, fire, which is a linear sequence to a result. It's more like an ecosystem where each part is interdependent on the success of the system. Just because somebody trusts you does not mean that you don't have to remind them who you are and that you're there. No equals top of mind. Or that you align with their values. Like equals valuable and relevant. If all you care about is making one sale, then you can ignore that concept and just achieve a transactional goal. If you want to build a customer relationship based on reciprocal value, it requires you keep the cycle of no like, and trust as a principle of your sales and marketing efforts. No like, and trust has three distinct phases when it comes to marketing to build relationships. No is about building awareness. People need to know that you exist. They need to know what you sell, but they don't need to know the specifics in this phase. This is what I call the awareness phase of marketing. It's short and to the point and does not have to be overly complicated. Another factor to consider is that people who already know you exist do not remember you at the right time. They could become distracted by bright, shiny objects or a new kid in town. Creating awareness can also make and keep you top of mind. Generally, no content is simple graphics, quotes, short video, 
and it's often very subtle and has a call to action, like a link to a piece of content on your website. If it does not generate a ton of click-throughs, that's okay. Its main goal is to say, hey, we're here. Like is about alignment perception and the key to relationship building. This is the phase of marketing where you get to control the narrative. Not everyone will like or align with what you have to say, but I'll explain in a bit why that doesn't matter. You're not trying to be all things to everyone. You wish to be the right choice to the right people at the right time. Like is where you promote long-form ideas, messages, and content. You can show differentiation between you and your competitors. This is where you can show your position as a thought leader and educate your audience about the concepts that can help them choose you over your competition. The main goal of like is to generate conversations. Just posting content rarely converts people into profits without some one-on-one -on -one interaction. Like content requires a commitment from the audience. It's a longer form and generally takes one to five minutes to consume if it's an article or a reading piece. It can take five to 60 minutes of commitment if it's a video podcast or a webinar. The goal here is to get an individual back to your website. There, they can fill out a form asking for more information or connect with a salesperson or a CSR. The ultimate goal is to create the desire and opportunity to speak with the human. Trust has to be earned. The major problem I see with sales and marketing is that people try to circumvent the like portion of the equation and simply go from awareness to a sale. This can and often does work in the consumer world, but business to business is different. Trust is the phase where people go from consideration to beginning and continuing the process of making a purchase. In the B2B world, it's rarely just whipping out a credit card or requesting a purchase order. Trust is solidifying the relationship by knowing you can deliver on your promises. It's about creating a level of comfort that what you have promised in the like phase can be met or exceeded. It's also about defining value and creating an atmosphere and perception of mutual benefit. The content here is more process-based and instructional. It can be what to expect before, during, and after a purchase. And it does not end after a purchase is made. It continues to build trust that you are present and willing to help through any additional questions and issues after the purchase. One of the critical principles that muddies the water when it comes to business-to-business -business relationship marketing is the concept that your business is trying to appeal to the largest audience possible. This is one of the main reasons people try to apply consumer marketing techniques to B2B businesses.
The perception is that if you can cast the widest net, you'll catch more. In reality, if you dilute your messages to reach the widest audience, you become less inspiring to those who could align with your know, like, and trust. This not only affects how and what content you create, but it also affects marketing mindsets and methodologies. This is where driving more traffic to a website, adding more people to an email list, or getting more followers on social media becomes the driving force behind all sales and marketing elements. Companies will spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on online ads, SEO, and lead farms to feed that philosophy. Let's dig into why it's so common and why I believe you can do so much more with less expense and effort. In business, sales are the KPI that drive everything from employee compensation, innovation budgets, and in some cases, investor and shareholder enthusiasm. That tends to set the expectation that sales teams lead and define what marketing does. The primary goal and activity is to generate more leads for the sales team to turn into sales. This also drives what the company tends to spend its sales and marketing dollars on. Salesforce is the leading industry software for sales teams. It tracks, manages, and promotes lead generation and sales activities. It can cost $330 to $500 per person per month. A sales and marketing team of 20 people can easily spend over $100,000 a year. HubSpot, which started as a marketing platform, is a Salesforce competitor with marketing and a built-in CRM and lead generation tools. The current base price is about $30,000 a year with additional services can take you over another $100,000. ZoomInfo is currently one of the largest lead generation software companies in the industry. The current base price is $25,000 per year with additional services leading to another $100,000 per year. You can easily see how buying into one or all three of these programs can get very expensive. The question you have to ask yourself is what does that buy you and will it provide a return on investment? It generally costs more to feed a Great Dane than a Chihuahua. If you're spending $100,000 to $500,000 a year on systems to manage leads, your marketing team will be focused on feeding that big dog. That's where the concept of driving more traffic to a website through ads and SEO becomes the primary focus of marketing activities. Marketing success is not measured in dollars or ROI, but measured in leads given to sales. Then sales success is measured by the lead to sale conversion. Then marketing is measured by lead quality to sale conversion. And it becomes an endless cycle of trying to generate more and better leads. You indeed need leads to close sales. 
The definition of a lead is a prospective customer who has shown some level of interest in a company's products or services. Often businesses look at people who are breathing and have a wallet as a lead. They overlook the some level of interest part. In marketing and advertising, if your ad has a 1-2% to conversion rate, that's considered a success. When you do a Google ad, you can track that somebody's clicked on the ad and ended up on your website. That's a lead. Then you have to identify that person and make contact with them. Companies like Zoom Info will sell you people who search for a specific topic. Hopefully, one that says they want to buy from you, and they'll give you their LinkedIn and email contact info. That makes it easier for you to contact them. Next, you can use Salesforce to capture that data and assign it to a salesperson. You can use HubSpot to add them to a drip email sequence that builds that know, like, and trust. The only problem with this scenario is that lead was just some random person researching something for their kid's term paper and has no interest or potential to purchase from you and your company. How will you know until you go through all of that time and expense? You won't. Marketing and sales are two teams that are often separated by philosophies and sometimes physical space. When I worked at AT&T Corporate, marketing was located in Building 2 and sales was in Building 5. It was a big campus and a long walk. There was little to no collaboration on a department level, although I'm sure there was on a management level. Marketing works best when a sales team is sharing what trends they're hearing on customers' minds and what objections they're having to overcome. That way, marketing can speak to the audience as if they know what they're thinking and guide them to the sales team to ask questions and start conversations. Sales are most accessible when your prospect already knows, like, and trusts you. It also helps conversions when your prospects reach out to you first before you start to barrage them with sales and marketing activities. The concept of know, like, and trust are intertwined, yet each has its own purpose, process, and performance metrics. One last key thing to remember is that marketing people are part of your sales team and salespeople are part of your marketing team. That does not mean that salespeople have any interest in capturing and entering data. They're trained and rewarded and driven by sales. Marketing people and automation can capture, enter, and provide data for salespeople, but they cannot manage sales relationships. Each team has its strengths and weaknesses. And your mission is to optimize your customer relationships by giving each team the tools to maximize their strengths while minimizing their weaknesses. The real success comes when they work together to help make each other successful. 
thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.